Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome back to Experiences Unexplained. I have a very interesting episode for you lined up, and we actually have a special guest tonight. On this episode, you'll hear a conversation between me and author Lisa O'Hara. Lisa is the author of the book Abducted and Furious, How I Fought Back, and How You Can Too. In this book, Lisa discusses her experiences of realizing that she is being visited and abducted by extraterrestrial beings and what tools she used to be able to fight back and resist against being abducted. It wasn't until the year 2017 that Lisa made the realization that she has been abducted, and this is still an ongoing problem that she deals with today. Lisa wrote this book to help anyone and inform anyone that may be abductees and who are having negative experiences like she has had. And she hasn't had much luck finding people like her with negative experiences. So if this is you and you have a negative abductee experience that you'd like to share, feel free to contact me at experiencesunexplained.com and click on the Submit Your Experience tab. You can also call our hotline at 1-270-290-0900. And I will also leave links to Lisa's Facebook page and her website and leave her contact information as well as a link to buy her book in the show notes below. 
And if anything that Lisa explains or talks about that you can relate to, feel free to reach out to her because she's really trying to connect with other people that have had similar experiences to hers. And during this conversation, I refer to several other UFO sightings and abductee experiences, and I'll also have links to those stories down below in the show notes. So if this conversation piques your interest at all, I highly suggest that you take a look at the show notes below because I'll have plenty of other resources for you to further look into this topic. But without further ado, please give a warm welcome to author Lisa O'Hara. Lisa, for those that don't know about your story or what you have gone through, can you tell me a little bit about how you first thought you were abducted or you got the idea of I've been visited by ETs? Yes. Um, what happened was uh, initially I was um, realizing that throughout my life that I was different than a lot of people, but I couldn't describe it because there was just no words for some of the things that would happen to me. But um, after a while, I thought maybe I was a medium. And so because I had gotten some messages from other, uh, from entities that were passed away, like my mother and uh, my grandmother. Um, so that set, put me in the search for a mentor, someone to teach me how to be a medium because that's where I thought I was supposed to go. Um, so I did a lot of meditation, and I also went to this medium pretty regularly trying to become a medium. Uh, but I discovered I didn't actually want to do that. But in the meantime, while I was being, <clears throat> while I was meditating a lot, I would talk to what I call my spirit guides, which are somebody who is directing me. And um, so one night I was meditating in bed, and this was in 2017, and so because I sleep sleep better when I meditate before sleep, and um, I suddenly felt this very strong um, negative presence in my room, and when I did that, felt that I thought to myself, "Oh my gosh, what is that?" You know. So I asked my spirit guide, "What in the heck is that really negative feeling that I'm having right now?" And they said. The person, my spirit guide said, it was ETs, they've come to take you, and they took all your eggs. So that led me to where I am now, to and, and also to write a book about it, because I was really upset to find that out. Well, I imagine so. That'd be very life-changing to figure out, you know, how long exactly do you did, were you told that you were abducted? Like, was it... I've read in your book that they visited you frequently, correct? Yes. Um, from what I can tell, because they erase our memories or, you know, you have no memory of it. It seemed like for a long time it was four times a night. And uh, there were times when I felt like I was being abducted by one group and then abducted by another group. And uh, at some point I thought it was also people. So as if the ETs take you and then the people take you. They try to find out what you saw, what you know, and then they put you back too. So that's uh, something that happened. So up to four times a night, that is, I don't imagine you got any sort of deep sleep or anything like that. No. Um, and then when I would come back, I would wait, be awake for multiple hours um, because I just couldn't sleep. That sounds exhausting. It is. It's exactly. 
Yeah. Um, so going back to the early days of when you were getting into mediumship, so you said you had messages from loved ones that had passed on. Now, were these uh, physical messages or were they like signs from the afterlife or were you hearing voices? What type of messages? Yeah, were you I was receiving? hearing voices and I, um, you know, actually one of them was from my mother and she insisted that I write something down and I sent get contact my uh, one of my sisters. I have three sisters and uh, give her a message. And she made she made me write everything down. It was very specific, but yet cryptic at the same time. Yeah. And so uh, she made sure I contacted my sister and told her the things that she told me to tell her. And um, so I did do that. Um, it was it was strange because it was extremely in some ways, extremely specific. Like I had to tell a specific sister. I had to uh, tell her a very specific thing. But the actual message was cryptic, you know, sort of like listen to your intuition or something like that, which is not specific. you know. Sure. So was this an audible message that you heard or did it kind of yeah. come from within? Uh, oh, it was audible. Well, I mean, I don't know. You know, it's sort of like your own thought, you know, mm. that's how it seems sure. like. So you're sitting there and you uh, suddenly hear in your own voice, in your own head, um, Lisa, it's your mother. It's your mother, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, you have to get a message to your sister. Write this down yeah. right now. So, And also you could feel the pressure of the excitement and enthusiasm and urgency. So some of those are actually feelings as opposed to um, actual thoughts, right? But you yeah. could feel the urgency. And so I, you know, I mean, at first I was like, come on, really? You know, Yeah. but after a while, the pressure was pretty intense. So I did write it down and then I tried to t contact my sister. And your sister's reaction to receiving that message well, she kept saying, you know, what else? What else have you heard? And unfortunately, that's all I heard. So, which was actually, this is the true message. Listen to your intuition. Um, and one of them was my sister is uh, had a boyfriend and she, he was, she was saying, and that person is blocking our relationship, mine and hers. So I said that, but, you know, I didn't really want to because you don't want to negatively talk about your sisters significant others <laughs> uh i can completely relate to that <laughs> I, I mean that's very interesting so you said that not only your mother but you also was reached out by your grandmother yes my grandmother my uh on my dad's side his mother had passed away quite a long time ago and i was just about to at that time go uh, to my parents house and visit my mom and dad and my mother was very ill with als and so I would go and visit uh, to try to alleviate some pressure on one of my other sisters who was taking care of my mother at the time. And so um, right before I went there, my grandmother said, um, I have the reason your father is like this is because of me. That was the message. And I, at first, I was just thinking, yeah, because he's not a very nice guy. <laughs> you know, I thought that's <laughs> what it meant. <laughs> but it turned out that there was even worse experiences to come when I went to visit because he was, 
you know, very stressed from my mother being ill and um, kind of acted out like kind of like a toddler. Sure. I mean, at, at a time of like when you have a family member that is not doing well, it's it can be a very stressful situation, yes. Especially, yes, I, especially when the care falls on like one person or they've just been overwhelmed with medical bills and exactly. organizing things. Yeah. And medical, uh, you know, equipment and sure. Uh, you know, just the lack of sleep and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when your grandmother reached out, uh, was it, you said it was on your way to go see your mother? Uh, actually, it was a couple of days before I left. Um, so I just thought that was strange. I mean, from from the minute I met my grandmother, she was very controlling and very unusual woman. And my dad um, didn't talk to her too much. And uh, my grandmother disowned my father at some point so it was strange that she would pop up I thought but I I realize now that was probably a warning but I just didn't realize it at the time because of the the message like I said it's, it's cryptic it can be taken multiple ways right. and so when you you know she said well you know he's the the way he is because of me I was like well you weren't a very good mother you know but I never mm -hmm. imagined it was some sort of warning that however he acts when you're there is because of me, too. And when you received this message, was it kind of received the same way as your mother's message, like in your head? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's pretty interesting. Like, is that the two main medium experiences that you've had? Are you still a practicing medium? I never practiced. Um, I decided early on that it was just really hard. Now, kudos to all mediums because right. it is a difficult, difficult thing. Um, you have to be able to connect to the right person and you have to, I mean, there are a lot of steps to it. Oh yeah. Then you have to trust what you hear in your head and repeat it to someone. And when, you know, in any case where somebody's coming to you and they're paying you money, um, it's, there's some pressure on you to say the thing that you're hearing, but you it might not make sense to you, but you it might make sense to them. And sometimes it doesn't make sense to them. So at some point, I just decided that this is so hard. It's so stressful. I don't want to do this anymore. I, at first, I thought it was going to be a lot easier because I had, you know, had some experiences where it seemed like falling off a log. But when you actually got into the me of it it's really hard yeah i imagine so and you're so uncertain that you're even like you said receiving the message clearly or interpreting it right and it's yeah i can imagine it being very you know stressful because just based around mediumship there's so much skepticism you know there is and, and, and also if they give you a picture I mean, that's one of the things that I would get sometimes is a picture. Well, what is mm. this? What does this mean? I mean, am I going to interpret the picture the way that you would interpret it or that this person who is coming to me would interpret it? I mean, it's just it's because I think in the, you know, spirit or ghost life, it's easier for them instead of speaking. A lot of times it's easier to give a picture. Um, but. I just find it to be an extremely stressful situation <laughs> and not yeah. for me. I can understand that. And I can respect that as well. I, 
I don't feel like um, I might be a little sensitive because I have had some paranormal experiences, hence why I have this podcast, but I don't think I'm that sensitive and able to connect to the other planes and things like that. But like you said, kudos to those that can, and I'm glad we have some of those people around. I am too. (laughs) So uh, you said you ended up forming a relationship with your spirit guide and communicating with them. Now, when you communicated with your spirit guide, I'm trying to remember the name. Was it Korig? Yes. Okay. Korig was your spirit guide. So when you received these messages, was it the same type of messages that you would receive when you were trying to do the mediumship? Was it like the uh, inside of your head and your own voice or was it like audible? Um, actually it wasn't audible. Um, I wish it was because I think it would be a lot easier for people to believe it, you know, if it was audible. Yeah. Yeah, Any, Um, any time you have physical evidence, it makes it a little easier. That's true. Um, no, it was inside my head. It did sound like a different voice and, um, and it also was pictures. So it took me quite a while before I could distinguish, um, the information I was getting because I didn't know if it was, um, you know, I would speak to my spirit guide and ask him for information and then I would get it, get something. Um, but other times I just got pictures. Uh, for instance, um, um, I used to live in California and I was a, um, I would ride the bus to go, I would ride the train and then a bus and then I'd walk a couple of blocks to my job. And on when I was on the bus, I, a lot of times I would be sitting next to people, you know, minding my own business, sort of daydreaming, and a picture of them would pop into my head, and it would be of them in their backyard at a barbecue, at a birthday party, something like that. And so sometimes I don't really know where these things come from, you know, and it's hard mm-hmm. to describe, and it's hard, you know, when you're trying to figure out what you are or what your path is. When you have these pictures that pop in your head of people sitting across from you on the bus, yeah. you know, it makes you scratch your head and say, you know, this isn't normal, but what is this? What do I call this? Sure. And so with my spirit guide, uh, I would sometimes get pictures, you know, like when I'm driving, for instance, um, if I don't know which way I want to go to avoid traffic, a picture will pop in my mind of a street name that would be better. And so when I turn onto it, you know. Or um, sometimes I'll see uh, a picture of a cop on the road, uh-huh. and then I'll know there's a cop ahead. So, you know, at first it was just voice, I think, because I was getting information from other areas. And so that's why my my spirit guide, Korig, would talk to me, because otherwise there was just too many other ways for me to get information. And he probably wanted me to know that it was him versus something else. Mm. Well, I wish I could get in touch with my spirit guide. He could have saved me a hundred dollars on speeding tickets. <laughs> Tell me a cop's up ahead of the road. Uh, so you said you referred to Korig as a him. So when these messages came across, was it not in your voice? Was it in a male's voice? It was in a male voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were better able to kind of separate it from your other into intuitive messages. That's so correct. Okay, so it's clearly come across as something else. Yes, and I also would ask him by name, so I thought that, you know, I was getting him versus someone else. Okay, so 
Now, I read that you referred to the ETs as greys. Now, is you you said they wiped your memory. Could you not remember what they looked like, but you're referring to them as greys? Were they gray? Um, some, you know, I thought, I think that the major, the major amount of people think that there is, you know, it's mostly grays, but, um, actually I don't, I have had, I have seen like a shadow of a gray. So I don't, I I imagine that was a gray, but mostly what I've seen is praying mantis. So like the ETs looked like praying mantis. Yes. Wow. That's pretty terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, were, it is. <laughs> were they like light, like human size, but they were Actually, praying mantis? No, they were taller. Um, I'm 5'10", so I don't know how tall you are. You're probably 6'5". Uh, I'm around 6. But... Okay. <laughs> well, I'm 5'10", and, you know, you kind of, when you're tall, you can kind of get a general idea of the shorter people versus the taller people. Sure. Um, so I was sitting up in bed, uh, and um, I saw a praying mantis, and they were pretty tall. I would probably rate them at like seven feet tall. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what I would do if I saw something like that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, a giant bug talking to you. <laughs> yeah. So, so you said they took your eggs. Yes. That's what uh, Korg told you. Correct. So. Is it just one certain group that you think took your eggs or were all of these different groups of ETs interested in taking your eggs? You know, that's a really good question. I don't know the answer to that um, from, well, you know, not to be per- too personal, but I don't have children and I never had the ticking clock. And I always wondered, um, you know, why I was different than everyone else. Um, but it kind of made sense, you know, that I, they were gone and that's why I didn't have this ticking clock and I didn't have children. Um, so I don't know who took them, um, from what I could tell from, um, the tools I found that are in my book too, is that it was praying mantises and then some people, or sometimes there would be like, I don't know how to describe this, but sort of like a glowing um, like energy being that was tall also. So I'm not really sure who took them or why, or if they took them for a specific purpose, but, um, you know, I never had children and, uh, and I also, um, started menopause early. So I don't know. It's a good question. Okay. Yeah. I I definitely didn't mean to get too personal on that one. I was just uh, curious about that, whether it was a certain group that was fascinated with maybe human reproductive systems or if it was across the board. Well, I think Gray's, um, you know, in the media, they talk about how they have hybrid children. And I have had dreams where I had, you know, Gray's or a being come up to me. And sometimes I can't tell what the being looks like. And they'll hand me a baby and say, this is yours. How does it make you feel? And um, and I remember saying in my dream, which I thought was interesting, I said, well, I'm not going to tell you because you'll use it against me. If I feel, you know, something for this baby, you'll use that to get me to do things for you. So I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought that was pretty wise. Who knows what yeah. really goes on? I mean, it's it's pretty brave of you to even try to fight back, whether it be mentally or physically. Yeah. So um, now 
you uh, talked about being abducted multiple times throughout the night. Now, you mentioned you were married. Does your husband recollect you being gone any time through over the times of you being abducted? Had he ever woken up and you just not be there? No, because his he I don't know about you, but as soon as his head touches the pillow, he's out. So, no, Look, he doesn't yeah. wake up in the middle of the night and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't stay awake much very long at all before he drops off. So, no, he, he never saw anything. There were a couple of times I woke him up because I started screaming, oh, my gosh, there's um, something black on the ceiling. I can see it. So I didn't know if that happened, you know, if there was a delay and that actually happened um, before. But I was having a delay in memory or if it happened at the time when I got back. I didn't know. Mm. Yeah, I wish I slept that well. I wake up a lot during the night. Um so, yeah, I'm sure you're probably familiar with other abduction cases, you know, Betty, Barney Hill. There's usually just one specific event, but you've been abducted several times, even throughout the night. Why do you think the ETs were so fascinated with you? I haven't the foggiest idea, but whatever it is, I'm going, I'm taking it away from them. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And it doesn't even make sense because right now I'm 59 and it doesn't make sense why they would continue. You know, if their real um, purpose is to take people's eggs and use them for hybrid children or whatever, clones or whatever their purpose is, it doesn't make sense that you would take a woman after, you know, she cannot give birth anymore, can't have any more eggs. It just doesn't make sense to me. So there's a lot of things like that where I'm trying to figure out what's really happened versus what I think is happening or what uh, the, you know, the mainstream media or, you know, all the ET uh, groups talk about because I don't really know the answer. So I don't know. Well, I mean, I mean, if you don't know, you don't know. I mean, that's, it's, it would be, I mean, if it were happening to you, would you be, have an idea of why they would be so fascinated with you? I would definitely be curious. I don't find myself very fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, in this case, I do think that they're doing experiments on me, to be honest. And um, for what purpose, I don't know, but I do have an eye implant and, um, and it looks, it's really bright and it looks, I think it's maybe AI. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it is. It keeps coming back. I try keep trying to get rid of it. It comes back. Um, sometimes it changes shape and um, it's really, really bright. It's sort of like when you rub your eye and you can see that little orb. Uh-huh. Well, that orb makes a circle in my eye at various times during the day and for a while I thought it was there was something looking through my eyes sort of using me you know yeah and so I think there's something to that where they're trying out their scary AI stuff on humans and maybe I'm one of the lucky ones I don't know have you ever gone to an optometrist to see if maybe they could see something inside of your eye? Yes, actually, I have I have opth- ophthalmologist because um, of eye issues, but uh, yeah, I've told him about it. Uh, I also have these little spiny um, black spiny things in my left eye, and I've 
been going to the ophthalmologist for years trying to find out what these things are, but they say it's all normal. Hmm. Well, uh, it doesn't sound normal. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't feel normal to me. <laughs> yeah, I imagine so. Um, so not to get too personal, but have you noticed any other like physical marks or anything? Maybe where they try to remo- remove eggs or any whatever they tried to experiment on you? Do you have any other maybe signs on your body that you could kind of? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. I have a lot of... Um... In my print book, and I don't know which one I sent you, if I sent you the print book or the um, Kindle, but the Kindle uh, version has, you know, color photos uh, from my iPhone, so they're not the greatest quality. Um, but, yeah, I have tons of mark. I have tons of marks on my body. Um, for a while, uh, I would, you know, find six-finger marks and um, also, and I, you know, I didn't take a lot of pictures early on because I didn't even think I'd write a book, but here I am. So, yeah, I have um, a lot of uh, strange things on my legs. Uh, one of them is in my book, and it looks like a J and a P. So it looks sort of like a brand. <laughs> and mm. so I wasn't too happy to find that. It was really strange. I've had a 6, I've had an L, I had a V. Just little, you know, weird marks, which I can't describe also, and this is, uh, I've seen this in the ET community where they say they have a little square on their arm, you know, and uh, I have I have that too. So, mm. and those little marks turn into little freckles after a while. So it's really weird how, you know, these come about. For a while, I thought they were just, I thought I was looking at a triangle, but I finally realized that I was actually looking at two parallel bumps or four parallel bumps so like two on one side two on the other and they were exactly the same amount of distance between each other and um after a while i decided that they must be stun gun marks because uh i could find them all over my body in different widths Mm. and so so that you know a lot of these clues are extremely confusing they are you know, hard to dis- determine what they are. All you have to go on is the mark you have and then go to an ET uh, website and see if you can match it up with someone else who has had a similar mark. But even if you do that, you don't know what these are. You don't really know what they are. Right. So you just have to, you know, for the most part, just keep going and hope you can figure out what these things are later. But yeah, I do. I get marks. I actually now, uh, my book was published in February of 2020, so a year ago. And I have less, uh, fewer and fewer marks now. Um, so that's why I know I'm, I'm actually making a difference for myself because the marks are going away. So do you feel as though you're still being abducted and it's just happening less? Or Yes. Oh, so you're still being abducted like till this day? Yes, but it's happening a lot less. I have heart. I don't have any marks on my body anymore. Um, different things are happening now, so I do know I'm making progress. Early on, um, and I can't prove this either, um, but I would be driving, and uh, you know, I live in Arizona, so there's a lot of sunshine. And I would see, you know, a glare on the back of somebody's car that was in front of me at the light, and when I blinked, I could see what looked like holes in my eye. 
So, and it would be in a certain pattern. And uh, I'm not having, and I found out from my medium, because I was still going to her at that time, that they somebody put those in using long needles and I could see the holes. So um, I that stopped happening. So I know I'm making progress uh, with these things that were happening that I don't remember and don't know about. Well, I'm glad you're making progress. That's uh, that's definitely a good thing you, uh, that your vision and things are getting better, especially if it's affecting when you're driving and things like that. So it's definitely a good thing. Now, I, uh, you gave me the electronic copy of your book. Okay. And I mean, I've only been able to get through the first couple of chapters because I worked a lot this week. But I did read in your book that you actually at one point had bought like security camera uh, yeah. it, they were like uh, photo frames, so they were yes. kind of like undercover right. cameras. Okay, and uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. I bought nanny cams, and initially when I told my husband, let me go back a little bit, sure. um, he kind of, when I told him about the ET thing, he just sort of like, oh, come on, that doesn't, nah, that's wrong, or whatever. And at first it kind of made me feel better, but then I felt like I couldn't tell him what I was, you know, up to with this whole ET thing, so... I bought these nanny cams and, you know, they have our, it's like a picture frame and it has a fake picture in it. And I set them up in my room and I told him because he knew about the mediumship that I was trying to catch ghosts uh, on film, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I set them up in various areas of my bedroom. But each time I would get abducted the next day, I would find that the nanny cam photo frames did not work uh, or they weren't off. So I would turn them on and, you know, there was on and off and it would be the, the slider would be in the middle. So it wasn't on, it wasn't off, but it didn't work. And I would have to reboot it to get it to work. Um, so that happened every time. So I never got anything, uh, out of the frames. So that's how you kind of know something's really going on because that shouldn't happen. I mean, (laughs) what's happening that turns the slider to the middle after you made sure you turned it on both of them, um, you know, that are on your bookshelf facing your bed, that shouldn't happen. It should be okay. So something's going on and I can't capture it. Mm. So did you happen to read any reviews of these photo frames? Has anybody had the same problem or is, do you no, think everybody no. said, oh, my gosh, this is the best thing ever. And, you know, it looks just like a real frame and blah, blah, you know. Yeah. So everybody liked it, but mine just kept stop, kept stopping working and I couldn't didn't have any explanation for it. And I tried multiple times and there was never anything on there. I mean, I would run tests where I would have my bedroom uh, during the day, have it. Everything was fine. I could see all of the footage, but then as soon as I turned it on at night, there would be a point where it would just stop. Mm. Well, that's definitely interesting that it would be fine all throughout the day, but during the time that you actually want to look and see what's going on, it just happens to not work. That's very suspicious. It is very suspicious. (laughs) Well, so have you tried any other ways of maybe trying to get some physical evidence, or was this at the beginning? Yes, it was. It was at the beginning. And you haven't tried any other way to get evidence? They're only, they're only I realized that when um, that 
when I was not getting the um, pictures that probably they had some sort of technology that was turning it off. Um, my only evidence right now is that I started realizing that my clothes smelled funny on certain days. And um, and I thought that was strange at first. And of course, you know, I gave it the uh, good old, yeah, this is this has a good, an easy explanation for it. It's not what I think, you know. So yeah. I, uh, you know, first I noticed my clothes smelled kind of funny, like B.O. and feet, and I wrote that in my book. And then I thought, well, this is strange. Where did that horrible smell come from? And I'd throw it in the laundry. And then I would think, well, maybe I didn't put enough laundry detergent. So I'd put extra laundry detergent in. I'd wash those clothes, and they were all fine. And the next day I'd find out that they all smelled funny again. And so my... Um, Washing machine happens to be in the laundry room where I have my cat box in. And I thought, well, maybe it's soaking up the smell of the cat box. I mean, you know. Yeah. And so then I, you know, took took them immediately. As soon as I finished washing and drying them, I'd run in there and put them in my closet, you know. But it kept happening over and over. One day I put, you know, I put out some clothes before I, for the next day and I put them on my bathroom counter. And the next day, they smelled like B.O. and feet. Now, I had actually smelled them before to make sure they didn't smell. So the next day, when they smelled like B.O. and feet, that made me really wonder, this must be the clothes I'm leaving in. Because where else mm. would this come from? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. It's, um, it's very strange that that odor would still keep coming back and back. Um, I've actually read before someone experimenting, they were an abductee. I can't remember exactly who it was, but when they went to sleep at night, they actually put their clothes on backwards purposely. Have you heard about that? No. So, uh, just as a little experiment, they would put their clothes on backwards and go to sleep. And when they woke up, they would be put on the right way. <laughs> Yeah, so it was like somebody else had undressed them and then put their clothes back on. Oh, so you've heard of other abductees, so you're not surprised by anything that I'm telling you. <laughs> like I said, I'm a very relaxed guy, and I try to be open-minded about all of these things. And uh, I don't know, maybe I'm just a weird guy, but I'm fascinated by it all. And I don't think anything's too out of the question, you know, it's a... It's a large, large galaxy out there and universe, and it's infinite. You know, they're, they're saying, I can't remember exactly the number, but there's millions of planets per each star in the galaxy now, and there's no way that there's just us out there, you know? Right. So um, I've, I've definitely looked up history of abductees, and I've dug into history, but I'm, I'm no expert in it. I've never experienced anything like that. I don't think I've ever been in contact. I've, I think there's been one or two times where I've seen something strange in the sky, you know, but I mean, I can't really definitely say I saw something. Right, but, right. And that's but, the problem. Um, the two is that there are, I mean, I think it's by design that there's no evidence because um, otherwise, you know, that could cause a huge fervor other and this way, you know, you can be discounted. You can be, you know, people can say, oh, she's just crazy. She hears voices. She, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just easier to, um, put in the crazy town, uh, moniker for people because there's no evidence. 
Right. And on the other hand, on the other side of the spectrum, you also have these people that consider everything to be evidence. You know, they want to believe they want to believe so bad that this is happening that they don't want to, you know, break down the facts and kind of look at it skeptically. Right. I think something like this, you kind of really have to look at the facts and be like, okay, what can I for sure say is happening and what could possibly be a little bit of a stretch? Right. But, but um, that's the bad thing about, you know, ufology and extraterrestrials and everything. Everybody, the way Hollywood has depicted it as they're invading the universe and they're going to come down and, you know, take everybody and take over the world. It's kind of made people terrified of aliens and extraterrestrials. And it's also put that Hollywood spin on it. And anytime you mention aliens and extraterrestrials, people automatically have an opinion about it before they even hear the story, you know? Yeah, it's true. So it's just just one of those tough topics. Either people, people either believe or they just think you're full of crap. But yeah. it's uh, those those few that believe they really, really believe. And it's uh, I don't know. It's it's just a fascinating subject. So getting into your book a little bit, it's it's entitled Abducted and Furious and how I fought back and how you can, too. So you say that you've developed over the years of experience abductions, you've developed some tools and ways that you've been able to make the abductions less frequent? Um, yes and no. I mean, um, I didn't, well, I didn't create the tools, but I have been using them for this purpose. So there's a guy named Stuart Swerdlow, and he was a Montauk boy. And I don't know if you've heard of the Montauk experiment, but that is a actual thing, and he was involved in it. So he created, now, to go back a little, um, after I decided not to be a medium, I was also um, into healing. So like hands-on healing, but not religious, in a religious way. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a modality called Reiki, and I don't know if you've heard of that. I believe I have. Okay. I don't and know so, much about it, but I've heard the word before. All right, good. Well, that's good, because we need, we need more people to know what this is. Um <laughs> But um, I started taking different classes on healing, and there's angelic healing, which I took a class in, and there is another one called Lahochi, L-A-H-O-C-H-I. And <clears throat> I took these classes because um, I just felt like I really wanted to get into healing. Well, it turns out that Stuart Swerdlow had written several books on healing, and um, <clears throat> so I, you know, I'm one of those people that are all in. So I bought all of his books and, um, you know, I referred to one, but I just thought they were kind of esoteric and over my head. Then uh, a couple of, uh, probably a year later, I was taking some more uh, healing courses and um, I started, you know, looking at his book a little bit more closely. And also when I asked my spirit guide, Korig, how, how can I fight back against these ETs? He actually pointed me to that book because I had already had it. But I thought it was too esoteric and I didn't really understand it. So when I got pointed to the book, then I started using um, his book. And his book is called Healing Archetypes and Symbols. And he has another book called The Hyperspace Helper. 
So I read these books and I just started utilizing them toward the ET experience. And so what I did was I just used trial and error. And so I didn't create the tools, but I used them in a specific way. And I, that's all of that is in my book. Um, you don't need his book. To, you can read my book and use my book or to do use the tools to get, help you get rid of your ETs. Or you can buy his, his books and, you know, create your own system for it. But um, so that's what I did. I started utilizing them and they really work. So. Uh, one of the tools is called the Green Spiral Staircase. And what it allows you to do, it allows you to look at your dreams. Um, now, I read in Communion by Whitley Strieber. I don't know if you've read any of his books. But he said that um, the memories that are left behind, your dreams, are actually screen memories. They're not real. So they're created by you, your brain, to, uh, to alleviate whatever trauma you're going through. So like, for instance, for me, I know if I have one of those dreams where I'm in this class and I don't remember signing up for it and today's the exam and what did I, I didn't study and you know, that feeling of stress, I know that I had stress, but mm -hmm. my brain gave me something that I could kind of hang on to. So what the green spiral staircase allows you to do is to look behind the dream to, or the screen memory to see actually what you're actually dealing with. And so once I was able to do that, I could see what was really happening to me behind the screen memory. And then I can use another tool that is Stuart Swordlow's. It's called the brown X. And you say or imagine a brown X in a certain color. It has to be a certain brown. I now brown X out all unnecessary negativity in my life. And when you do that, you now have 86, basically, whatever that negativity is. And every mm -hmm. time you have a dream, you write it down, you go back, you use the green spiral staircase, you use the brown X, and eventually you eliminate the ETs. So what you're saying you can use these in your dreams. So yes. Uh, how are you using these during the abductions when they're actually happening? It's not a dream. You can't. I mean, once because they erase your memory and put the screen memory up, there's nothing you can do. I did find that there are times when I would, um, in, while I was in the dream, I was using the Brown X tool um, to eliminate them. But unless you can, you know, retrieve some memory or be cognizant or lucid during your actual dream or screen memory, uh, I haven't found that there's any way to do that because they actually do wipe your memory in some way. And um, there's just no way to get past it as far as I can tell. You know what, right right now I might be able to do that. I'm working on it, sort of give myself a suggestion to try to wake up during the, you know, whatever's yeah. happening. Now, I'm sure that you didn't immediately find these resolutions like what was what all did you try to use before you come to this oh i tried everything i'm telling you so because <laughs> i went to the i mean i tried literally everything i could think of um i googled you know abductions and what people used and tried and you know uh i used something called uh, my husband would call it my manifesto where i tried to um, you know, 
tell them that I did not consent to this. I had free will. I was sovereign. I, you know, I did not want this. Um, my medium had me uh, removing soul contracts because she thought that I had um, chosen this life um, before I came to the earth and that I was a soul contract that I needed to break. And I tried everything. I mean, I, you know, used to bathe with salt, big piles of salt. And I, you know, stated my right to free will every night. And I uh, asked for certain protections. And I did it all. But it doesn't work. So I, that's why I had to find something else. So when I was led to these back to these books, I was really happy. I was skeptical, but you know, I had tried everything and True. nothing worked. So I had nothing to lose by reading this and giving it a shot. And it turned out to be great. Well, I'm glad that something's working for you. It sounds like you've been through a lot just to try to get some answers. Yes, I, I have been through a lot. And also, I think it's important that anyone that this is happening to, if it's happening to you, um, you know, go with your gut because my the medium that I went to, she kept saying, oh, no, no, you know, you're not trying hard enough. You're not being strong enough. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. You know, and I kind of like decided to let to just give it a shot anyway. But my gut was telling me this isn't working. This isn't working. But I wanted to like leave no stone unturned, you know, so mm -hmm. once, you know, I tried every single thing and it didn't work. Um, then I could say I tried everything. So once I uh, found the tools in Stuart Swordlow's books, I really started uh, seeing some difference. And actually, I went to one of her um, angelic message nights, and um, she said, "Oh, guess oh, your message is that you're leveling the playing field." And hmm. when I heard that, I knew that I was on the right track. Yeah, I mean, I can't really explain how she would know that you were even trying to level the playing field. <laughs> like, Yeah, exactly. And I hadn't told her because, you know, I knew her stuff wasn't working for me and I was trying something new and I didn't think she would appreciate it. But so and that was my message. You're leveling the playing field. And I knew that's when I knew I, I know what's going on here. And then I tried to, you know, find other people like me. Uh, or it, just any other people, because I feel like these tools are useful in everyday life, whether you're abducted or not, um, to, uh, you know, alleviate all the negativity in your life. And so, um, but I couldn't get any um, traction. Nobody felt like they needed the tools, and they especially didn't think they needed them because they weren't abducted. So that's why I end of, ended up writing a book. And I noticed in your book that you often coupled uh, ET abductions with military abductions. Yes. Was that your way of trying to reach more people to get them to connect with these tools? Or do you think they're kind of one and the same? I think, uh, I think it's hard to know where the line is. But I do believe that I was being abducted by one group and then another group of people were coming to get me because I'm, I had multiple uh, visions or, you know, I'd actually see these people before I dropped off to sleep. One of the um, things that the ETs do is you'll feel like a, what I call a sleep dart where you will, uh, you'll feel like a little pinch or like a mosquito bite. 
You know how sometimes you can feel it when you get bit by a mosquito. Sure. And uh, then you'll just fall asleep almost like mid-thought, you know? Mm. And so I do think that that happens with either the ETs or the uh, people. Now, the people, I've seen them a couple of times where they'll be have, have in their hand a little, looks like a little piece of square leather. And they have it like, for instance, you know, on their index, middle, and ring fingers, it'll be sticking there. And they'll point it at me. I've seen this, and then I'll fall asleep. So um, I do think that there are different groups, and some of them are people. And so because of that, I was reading, and I read everything as much as possible, because you never know where you're going to find a clue for your own situation in someone else's experience. And so I was reading, um, there's a a book called My Labs, M-I-L-A-B. S. And um, it's a, this husband and wife team that wrote a book about military abductions. And one of the things that they said in there was that the military has you drink something and, um, and then, you know, you can't remember anything. And since I saw so many people, I saw it as a military abduction after my regular abduction. Um, the other thing in the my labs book, because of the you know eating or drinking something, I kept finding plaque on my teeth. Now, um, I brush my teeth at night, go to bed, and I wear a night guard on my bottom teeth because I grind. Mm-hmm. And I would find plaque on my upper teeth every morning. And mm-hmm. so something was happening to me where I would have plaque on my teeth after brushing um, every single night. And I got the idea that maybe it was military because I kept seeing people. I kept seeing military guys. Um, I would have a dream of just seeing like big burly hairy arms trying to poke me with some type of like caulking gun. That's what it looked like to me because that's all I could describe. And so I thought that it was military uh, involved. And there have been other times when I've done something called a remote view which is what I consider what the uh, green spiral staircase is. It's allowing you to remote view your your own mind, basically. Um, I could see, you know, military people. And I've seen a lot of, um, in my dreams and looking behind the screen memories, I've seen a lot of military ETs. You know, I've seen big spiders and um, wearing uniforms. I've seen reptilians wearing uniforms. So I feel like there's some sort of, um, either separate groups and sometimes groups that are co- combined. I'm not really sure. I wish I could, you know, put all the pieces together and try to and understand exactly everything that's happening to me. But there, I I gain little pieces uh, every once in a while. Are you familiar with the abduction case of Travis Walton? Um, I am familiar with it, but I don't think I've read it. Okay, well, uh, he was actually a guest on the Joe Rogan podcast uh, here recently. I think it was just like last week. But he actually described that the uh, aliens that abducted him, they were wearing kind of like military outfits. They like There was no like specific insignia or anything that he recognized, but they did have like some sort of uniform. But the reason I bring his case up is because when he first came, he become conscious because he lost consciousness when he was first abducted, but he actually woke up on the spacecraft. Mm-hmm. And 
when he woke up, he was just freaking out because he saw, you know, he was on this table laid out and there was all these ETs looking at him. And when he started freaking out and he was asking all these questions, cursing at them and just freaked out, they actually left the room and a human like alien came in to kind of calm him down. And that's why I asked if you had heard, because that kind of maybe that could maybe explain the humans that you're seeing. Maybe they can turn on some sort of disguise or something to kind of calm us down and not be like, oh, geez, what am I looking at? You know, yeah, it's um, I mean, if you want to give that episode a listen, it was just on last week. I believe it's episode one thousand five hundred and ninety seven. But it's wow. just it's just entitled Travis Walton. So you can easily find it. It was just like last week. But um, he has a cr- quite amazing story. He was just a logger or a lumberjack and uh they were on their way home one night and they saw this bright glow and they pulled over and there was this ufo that was shining bright and he got out of the truck (laughs) for whatever reason he went to go get closer and they snatched him up it's kind of a crazy story (laughs) yeah well what uh, a brave guy too to uh come up with something like that because you can imagine the amount of ribbing he took you know with his friends and family (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's 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 uh it's quite a crazy story. They actually ended up making a movie about it called Fire in the Sky. Oh but, wow. Uh, but uh yeah, it's uh it's a good story if you'd like to listen to that. That's just what it kind of reminded me of when you said you could see these humans and uh you could actually remember them a little bit. Maybe that was it, well, they weren't actually humans is what I was trying yeah, to say. Yeah, that's a good point, you know. Never that never occurred to me. A lot of times when I look back on my screen memories, I do see a lot of times I'm in this in surgery, I'm in an operating room, and there are people, a mix of people and ETs in in there performing surgery. So um, yeah, I, that is an interesting idea because I've actually seen, I saw I've saw a um, a spider in a people suit. <laughs> That's oh, how really? I described it. So I, that's probably what you're, you know, that's probably the same thing. Mm, yeah. I mean, he didn't describe it as not looking human in any way. He said it looked pretty much like us, but I mean, maybe underneath it was a big spider or something. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at this point, it seems like almost anything's possible. Yes, it does. And that's what I think is really scares people is because, we just don't really know, and um, we don't really know who we're dealing with and what their capabilities are and what they want with us. And I really wish uh, they would leave our memories alone because I feel like they have some sort of hidden agenda. They're not willing to tell us what it is, and and it may be you know really scary, whatever it is. And maybe they don't feel like we can handle it, but I feel like they're taking away our choice. Well, that's definitely not comforting. And is that what inspired you to write this book is to try to give people these tools so they do have a choice? Yes. Um, And then also so that they could, you know, discover for themselves. I mean, as much as they want to, because, you know, as scary as some of these things sound, what happens is, and this happened to me too, was I just became not scared anymore. And whereas I used to be totally scared to fall asleep, um, I eventually realized that by staying awake um, all night was not helpful to me because I can't function the next day. 
But if I just went to sleep when they knocked me out, um, I would be able to utilize whatever I learned from them, either prior to the abduction or after the abduction, write it all down and then use it against them with these tools. Because otherwise, you know, you're just like in a vicious cycle. But what happened was that eventually, no matter what they do, I just, I'm not scared anymore. And I think that's really important because I think, it's my opinion, that they really uh, get off on you being scared, you know, all of your negative emotions. Let's say you have depression or anxiety or panic or fear or terror. I think they kind of enjoy that. So mm-hmm. as sort of a, um, you know, go to heck, I yeah. thought I just say, well, I'm not scared anymore, and um, but I am going to figure out what this is all about. <laughs> and that way they can be the guinea pig. You know, right now I'm the guinea pig, but what if I turn the tables on them? What if I level the playing field and start, uh, you know, using what I know against them and figuring it all out? But that well, makes me feel powerful, you know, more yeah. powerful. I hope you are able to figure it out. And you said it seems like what you're trying now is working. So hopefully it just continues to progress and maybe eventually you can finally get some peace and be left alone. I That's exactly my goal. You know, so a lot of people think that I might want attention. I don't. I have always a, been a behind the scenes person. And this would be the last. If you told me 10 years ago I would do this, I would never have believed you. But um, I want this to stop and I want it to go away. I don't want large bright orbs in my eye that sometimes looks like a caterpillar, a striped caterpillar, and other times it looks like a butterfly. I don't want these things. I want them to go away so I can go back to my normal life. But, you know, since that isn't happening, I'm going to go all the way. I'll find out what's really happening to me and stop it. That's my goal. Yeah, and that's that's usually a common theme with people who have been abducted. They always usually say, you know, I'm not trying to get famous. I'm not looking for attention or anything like that. And But the problem with that is there's been so many people that have faked like UFOs and you right. know, made up stories. And it really, you know, a bad apple spoils the bunch, you know, so... It's it just gives a bad rap to the whole topic like we were talking earlier. But I don't know. It's just uh, like I said, I hope you really can find resolution. Now, every time that you've been abducted, you said you lived in Arizona. Is has it always been in Arizona when you've been abducted? Yes. Actually, you know what? A lot of things did happen when I was uh, younger and living in California. But there were, um, for instance, there was a um, so in California, uh, or actually, I moved around a lot as a little girl, and um, I lived in Alabama at one point, and um, I kept finding, I would try to go to sleep, and there would be a white circle on my bed, and it would scare me. Now, I didn't know at the time why I was so scared of those things, and I would remember saying, oh no, oh no, oh no, like as if some part of me understood what that was, um, but it, you know, it wasn't the conscious me. It might be the unconscious or the subconscious me knew that that was something to be afraid of. Um, so those kind of things would happen. I would also, when I, I actually lived in Turkey for a little while, um, and I w- would have a daydream 
that would happen every night and then it would come true. And so these are things that, like I said, they don't have a label. So you can't say, oh, you're psychic or, you know, right. these are just little things. So I believe that I have been abducted my whole life, but I think that I just didn't have a word for it or, a, you know, experience or, you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. my spirit guide might know that I was too, just too young for my age and I would be too frightened. I don't know. But when I've looked at um, dreams and other things using Stuart Swordlow's books, I have really found that I probably was abducted and I've seen a lot of things that um, are very scary and it would be very scary for as a little girl also or a child to see those things. Um, um, so I found that the, um, the white circle what it seems to be is some sort of signaling device. <laughs> I've seen it several times, either a signal or it's about torture. So like watching white lights, um, like as a torture device, like I'm showing you white lights. And whenever you see white lights, it means torture. Um, I've seen it in my room now. Um, I'll see a white circle and it's not like a torch it's just sort of like a white circle as if somebody had put a big big piece of paper over a, a flashlight and so it's not projecting out light it's just showing a bright white circle and i'll see it on one side of my room and then i'll see it on the another side of my room so to me that's sort of like a signal and i don't know if it's a signal to me in my ab, uh, ab subconscious and my unconscious or if it's a, two people in my room or two beings in my room using that as a signal. Hmm. Are you familiar with lucid dreaming at all? Yes, I am. Uh, yeah, because I've heard with lucid dreaming, there's always like, you'll see like a red bouncing ball or something like that to kind of trigger to tell your body, you know, okay, I'm unconscious right now. Wow, so that's interesting. Maybe yeah, so maybe that could be what's going on. You know, that's maybe that's your signal is that white little ball. Oh, yeah, that's very interesting. I haven't heard of that. Um, for a while, I thought, and I still think this, is that they use a tone to get me to get out of bed. And that might be part of it. I don't know. Maybe because I probably fell asleep right after I saw the, the white ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hmm. Maybe then so, they use the tone. Can you describe the tone? No, I cannot, um, because I think I'm already asleep when they when they run the tone. Mm -hmm. I've woken up before where I would see, I would hear a very loud tone in my ear, and then in my journal I wrote, and I heard a color. Now, I don't know what that means, but, but clearly I wasn't quite awake when I thought that, um, but the color was bright white, so maybe you're right. Maybe that is a a gateway into my sub or unconscious. I mean, it could be, I was just speculating. I'm not, <laughs> I'm no good. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. See, this um, is why I'm looking for people like me because otherwise you're, you're on your own and there's no way you can read everything and have all kinds of experiences as somebody else, you know, who've had different experiences. And if you're sensitive, you've probably had a lot of experiences that I haven't had. So, you know, to be able to share ideas, it's good. Sure. Yeah. So uh, throughout the years of you talking about your story and telling people about this, have you come across anyone that could kind of relate to this topic? 
I've had people that can relate, but I haven't had a person who who feels actually what I've found is that a lot of people are happy. They're contactees and they're really happy about being um, abducted and uh, or contacted because they've changed the narrative a little bit. So an abductee is someone who is being abducted against their will and a contactee, I think, is somebody who welcomes the contact and meets their hybrid children and they're happy about it. So I found mostly that there are happy people and I have yet to find someone who feels violated and that these are this is against their will and they want to stop it. I think a lot of people really don't want to know and they're very afraid of the of what they'll find out and they're too scared to and no I I am not judging you but too scared to continue on. You know, whatever they know about it, that's all they want to know. They feel like it's too scary to find out anymore. So, no, I haven't. So the short answer is no, I haven't found anyone. And I I hope I eventually do, because that's the reason I wrote this book. Well, like, like I mentioned his case before, Travis Walton, he was terrified from his experience, and it was very negative for him. When he was brought back, he was having like a total meltdown. His family, yeah. he had to walk to a phone booth and get picked up by his brother. And he wouldn't even talk to his brother. He was, he was just, I don't know. He was just hysteric. And like, it definitely, he didn't welcome it at all. He, in hindsight, he was like, it was stupid that I even got out of the truck. I shouldn't have done that. And um, if you get the chance, just go back and listen to his story. Oh, well. I think you can relate to his experience quite a bit. Cause like I said, when he woke up, he was just yelling. He was demanding to be let go. He was wanting to get off. Like he hadn't, he didn't want any part of it. Oh, good. You know what? Maybe next time, if we ever have another UFO convention, um, I'll make a point to stop by there to his table. Cause I saw him, um, a couple of, well, whatever the last uh, UFO Congress, I guess, in Phoenix was. And I, I saw his table, but I hadn't really heard his story. Um, I mean, I'd heard of him, but I hadn't read it or seen the movie or anything. Mm. So, um, but yeah, maybe I'll see if I can, you know, yeah, I think work he's with someone, him. You never know. <laughs> yeah, I think he's someone that could definitely relate to you at least, you know, and you know, just relate to the negativity around it because it affected him till this day. It affects him, you know, and it's, it just seems like something that you wouldn't want to seek out the whole, uh, contactee thing where they're actually welcoming, welcoming abductions. That's kind of a new thing for me. I hadn't heard of that. I mean, obviously I've seen like funny pictures online, like anytime now I'm ready or something like that. Like, right. You know, cause the world's crazy and, people just try to find some humor in it. But um, yeah, that's new to me. I hadn't really heard of anybody actually like trying to get abducted. It's um, well, there are those. And then there's the, the other ones. I mean, there it's across the spectrum. So there's the people that can't wait to get off this planet and they're asking, why are you coming back to get me, uh, you know, and keep me forever. And then there's the people that are um, just, oh, now that they explained it to me about what's going on, I understand and I'm happy, you know. So there's those. And then there's people like me that are like, no, I didn't agree to this. I'm not going, you know, how mm -hmm. dare you, you know. 
And then I don't know. I think there's a whole big group of people that just don't. It doesn't happen to them, or they don't know what happens to them, and they don't want to know. So, well, have you ever tried hypnotherapy to remember more details? No, I haven't, and I actually have a reason for that. One of the things is I believe that the both the uh, military and um, the ET groups, I think they use hypnosis, and I think they use suggestions. Uh, because in, in my book, I wrote uh, on one of my entries, because my journal is in, in my book, later in the back. Probably you haven't gotten to it yet. But um, one of the things that I remember getting, waking up and saying, 331, 331. And I remember saying, I can't, I'm not supposed to move until 331. So uh, when I look, I have a projector clock that projects the uh, digital numbers in red on my ceiling of what time it is. And um, I saw that it was 3.30 a.m. And so mm. I got up anyway because, you know, I'm stubborn. I don't listen to people. So got up and I could hardly walk. And I was kind of like, you know, hitting the wall, going, getting to the bathroom, you know, back and forth. And so I really believe, it's my belief that they are using suggestion and hypnosis in some way. So I don't want to go into a situation where I don't know the person and they're hypnotized hypnotizing me and i also wonder too and this is just my personal opinion don't send me hate mail but i wonder if a lot of times people who do hypnotic regression get the suggestion that it's it's fine you like this you know i don't know but i don't want to be in that position i don't want to go into it with you know giving someone permission to hypnotize me because I don't really know what's going on, what they're saying, what they're not saying. So no, I haven't. And I'm, I'm never, I'm not planning to ever do it. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious because I'm sure you've heard the recordings from Betty and Barney Hill when they got hypnotized and kind of recollected what happened when they No, were I haven't heard those. You know, it's funny. I don't know why, but as much as I was interested in, um, UFOs when I was younger, I was never interested in UFO abductions. <laughs> I, well, you know, I wanted to see insides of the ship. Uh, I wanted to see who who was taking these poor people, but I never, first of all, never believed I was one. And secondly, the abduction part just was too frightening. And so I never, that's probably why I've never read or uh, or seen anything like that because it just seemed too scary. <laughs> But that's so that's how they found out was hypnotic regression. Yeah, that's how they were able to really recollect exactly what happened. Uh, because I actually did an episode on their abduction too. And you can go back and listen to their recordings. You can find them on YouTube. Just search Betty Barney Hill hypnosis. And they just, Barney specifically, just gets hysterical during his. He's yelling, he's crying. And you can tell they just overall had a horrible negative experience and it was almost like them reliving it. And I don't know, I, I, you know, I'm not suggesting to you to get hypnotized. You said you have no interest in it at all. (laughs) I was just, I was just saying if maybe that was a resource that you had tried because you said you've tried so many different things. Uh, not that one. I just had a real negative feeling toward it. And so I don't know if, I mean, I'm not saying I'll never do it, but I just, it feels like a thing I shouldn't do. So that's why I haven't done it. 
Um, but I have seen a lot of things now, so maybe it wouldn't be so bad. I just don't want my mind messed with any more than it already is. Right. Well, like you said, you got to listen to your gut and your intuition. So if it's telling you no, then maybe it's yeah. best to stay away from it. Exactly. <laughs> now, you said they erased your memories and... But when you were a kid, you wanted to see inside the ship and everything. Can you remember any details at all about any of these ships? Um, actually, I have. I do remember some of the ships, and I'm not sure that they were ships, because I don't. When I some of my memories uh, don't really go that far. Um, I do remember uh, when I was younger. I I've been married before, and so with my first husband, I would have these. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but I would wake up if my husband walked into the room after I'd gone to bed. If I went to bed first, um, I would wake, sit up and start screaming. And I would remember like a square, like a, I mean, a rectangle, a black rectangle. And so uh, for many years, I tried to figure out what that was. Um, and I think now it's a memory wipe. So um, I did look back at that using my remote viewing techniques and I um, went backwards to see what that was. And I did see that I walked through a wall with two grays. And it was sort of like fabric at that point to a ship. But then that's it. Then it ends. So um, a lot of times your mind will give you what you need to know, but not all the details. Um, other times I've just seen the shiny um, bed, you know, that's made out of some shiny material with something that I would describe as a coffee can with two knobs on the bottom and, you know, sometimes needles. Um, so these are the things I would see. My mind will only let me see that. Um, other times I've seen giant banks of windows, but it's really bright white in there. And so I don't really see any controls. I've seen um, beings using some sort of clear plastic or clear transparent computer and um you know and i don't know how they're if they're holding it or whatever um and so i've seen that but i have and i've seen a lot of operating rooms because apparently whatever they want me for it's all about the operating room so i've been i've seen um green like institution green i call it operating rooms uh with a gallery on top and i've seen um I call them jelly operating rooms where they look kind of like they're underwater in a really thick um, bubble, for mm. lack of a better word. So I really haven't seen a lot of ships, and I haven't seen a lot of details about that. Well, funny enough, you said the black square, and I actually had come across a black square UFO that was filmed in Indiana. Wow. Yeah, so um, maybe once we get done talking, you, I'll send you the link to that, and you can take a look at that. But All right. uh, I was just curious if you had had any details about these ships, because you said you'd been taken by multiple different people throughout the night, or not people, but ETs yeah. throughout the night, and I was just curious if there was any details about those ships. I but, wish uh, there were, but um, they're just, I don't, I don't know why, but everyone wants to know if I have seen the inside of a ship and what I saw. But a lot of times um, when I look at it or I have dreams or whatever, it's just sort of like situational. And I don't know how else to describe it, but it's like uh, the focus is on me and what's being happening to me, but it's not the surrounding areas. 
So I, I can't really speak to what what the ships looks like. Um, and also a lot of times they've been taken underground to, you know, buildings. They look like regular buildings. And so I don't know. I don't know if that's part of the military thing or what. I mean, it could be possible. I've even heard of reports of seeing UFOs go into the ocean and into water and underwater. Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's totally... Like I said, nothing's off the table really when right. it comes to this topic because we don't know what technology they have. Yeah, and I actually think that they're really far ahead of us. Whatever, I mean, we are probably very primitive to them. And and also I think that whatever is really going on, I mean, it might as well be magic because to us it's just so outlandish, so outside of our norm, our comfort zone, you know, our yeah. thoughts about science and whatever. And so we wouldn't even be able to describe what we're seeing, right? Right. Yeah, it's, um, it gets very hard to use earthly objects to describe extraterrestrial objects. It's, it's yeah. just, you know, it's, but you're trying to relate to the people and try to describe it. But I understand. And that's, that's also a common concept of other abductees. They think that the ETs are very much advanced and ahead of us so i don't think you're wrong with that i would imagine if their planets millions of years more older than earth then they've had definitely had more time to advance i mean if you just look at the technology over the past 50 60 years that we've done here on earth i mean it's it's pretty amazing so I said, it's actually sort of scary. I mean, when you think about, you know, like the first hundred years or, you know, even like the 1800s um, to the 1900s, it's huge. I mean, it's only what a hundred years, but huge, you know, innovation. And now to the 2000s, I mean, it's unbelievable. So I have to believe that the ETs are involved in some way or there's some sort of reverse engineering going on or something, you know, because how would we advance so much all of a sudden? Oh, yes, definitely. Are you familiar with Bob Lazar? No. Okay, well, he was a scientist that actually worked at Area S4, and he talked about all these spacecraft. They actually had spacecraft that he worked on, and uh, he was his job was to try to reverse engineer this alien technology. And, you know, you, when you look at some of the military aircraft, it just looks otherworldly, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. where did they get the ideas for this design and all this? Because I don't know if you're familiar with like the classic black triangle UFOs that people report seeing. Yeah. But, but when you look at those and then you look at like the stealth bombers of the U S military, you're like, okay, that's almost just like those UFOs. Yeah. So well, that's true. But you know what? It's funny. I mean, okay, yeah, they're finally coming out with that now. Before, you know, they, you know, they used the weather balloon thing in the Roswell uh, incident. Right. But they're still trying to use that. I, I don't know if you know that there's, this is before my time in the uh, Arizona area, but they had the Phoenix lights and they had the, I think the, rec, uh, the triangle with all these lights around mm -hmm. it. And they were trying to say it was a weather balloon or weather balloons or it was flares or, you know, they were trying to make up stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if it's just with advancement of technology and being able to get information faster and news stories out faster, but it seems like 
almost weekly I see new UFO sighting stories all the time now. And I don't know, like I said, I don't know if it's happening more frequently, but it definitely seems like it's been picking up over the past couple of years. Well, I mean, I think it might be a little of both. I mean, you know, now we have with people like Whitley Strieber and Bud Bud Hopkins and other people willing to, or Terry Lovelace, who helped, you know, encouraged me with my book. There's people coming out of the woodwork and telling their stories. And it's harder for the public to say, oh, ha, 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 you know, that's a big joke. You're crazy or whatever. And so as it becomes more mainstream, you know, people aren't so afraid of saying, oh, guess what? I saw a UFO and I took a picture of it. I mean, before they might be too fearful of the repercussions of society. But now, you know, as people become more aware of it and more willing to speak out and more uh, willing to take any of the societal, you know, dumping on us that we do, you know, then it becomes more mainstream, easier to talk about. Yeah, and over the recent weeks, there's even been you know, well-known celebrities that came out and said, hey, look, this is a UFO. Um, I believe Demi Lovato posted a video of her, like, trying to film a UFO. Wow. And, and uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dan Aykroyd's story, but he he claims that he got out of bed one night and just went out to his yard and was being told to go outside and look up at the sky and then he saw something wow and i don't know it just seems like it's becoming more and more accepted and people are just experiencing this and when you have celebrities that are putting their reputations on the line you know there's got to be some clout to their stories i agree also, that Israeli, um, I think, uh, general who said, you know, ETs are are real. And did you see hear about that? Yeah, I did. I think I mentioned that on one of my episodes before, but I can't remember all the details exactly. But I, I, he, he claimed that Donald Trump knew about it and everything. So it was. Yeah, I know. I was hoping Donald Trump at the, uh, for his last hurrah would, you know, <laughs> yeah. tell us all that stuff. And uh, they actually kind of uh, tucked it into one of these COVID relief packages that they're supposed to release all of their uh, papers and information and documents about UFOs and alien technology. But I don't know if anything's going to come of that, but it was actually built into one of these COVID relief packages. Oh, interesting. Well, you know, I mean, didn't they release a bunch of CIA documentation recently, a bunch of documents? But one of the problems is, yeah, they're releasing documents with, you know, with big black marks through most of it. And so, yeah, yeah, you release some documents, but you redacted them so much that nobody can tell what it says. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And uh, that's also something that was touched on one of those Joe Rogan podcast episodes is they said that, you know, there's certain information that the government has to keep secret because they can't let the other Western world governments know what we know. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's just, just, it becomes a safety and security issue when you tell other countries exactly what we know. And because that also exposes what we don't know. And 
then they can compare their notes to what they know and then it just becomes you know a big it's it's there's always an ongoing war here on earth between countries so i don't think we'll ever get full transparency well i do think that some of the other countries though are a lot more forthright about it than you know the u.s for instance because I know that there are quite a few sightings in other countries and there seem to be more willing to talk about it and admit that, that it happened and maybe they don't release all of their documents, all that what they know, but at least they'll say, yeah, this does exist. I think Mexico or maybe some other Latin America company uh, countries have done that. Yeah. I mean, it just seems to be the American way, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> just like, but you know uh, what? All that secrecy is like, yeah, okay. I always think of it as an excuse, you know, well, we're, we're, we're keep, we're protecting you. We're protecting you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe they are, maybe they aren't. I mean, maybe they're protecting themselves. I mean, maybe you're right. Uh, I get, maybe we'll get some answers. I hope we do. Like you said, they did release some of those documents and maybe we'll see something come up in the upcoming months, but I guess we'll just have to see now. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you wanted to touch on? Um, I wanted to touch on um, remote viewing. Now, I okay. use that term uh, when I use my green spiral staircase from Stuart Swerdlow's book and my book also. But um, it's actually a really good skill to have. There are quite a few classes on it. There's one called um, controlled remote viewing or coordinate remote viewing where you have coordinates of a target and you actually use your brain to go to that target and, you know, look at stuff. Um, there's also one it's called extended remote viewing. And I really think this is a really good skill to have. And um, that's why I started calling my um, green spiral staircase exercise remote viewing of the mind, because you're actually looking inside your mind. You're looking at what happened prior to the screen memory. And it's really, really important. But uh, another thing to use the green uh, spiral staircase for is uh, negative emotions. So, for instance, um, let's say that you have, um, so let's say you're procrastinating. And I didn't realize this um, because I have that. I have procrastination. And it's actually fear. It's anxiety. And I didn't realize that until here I am, 59 years old, that, hey, procrastination is actually anxiety and it's fear. So I uh, use it to find out what's behind the procrastination. So you use the green spiral staircase. You keep it in your mind. You walk down your staircase. You feel like you need to step off the staircase. And you ask your mind, what is behind this procrastination? And then it says, you know, anxiety or, you know, fear or, you know, disappointment. But what happens is you, after you do this exercise, then you feel better. And it's really, really helpful. Um, one of the things uh, I did recently was I, two things. One is I tried to find out what was behind my claustrophobia. And uh, now I didn't have claustrophobia my whole life. When I turned 40, I started having problems with claustrophobia. So I looked behind claustrophobia and what I saw was little black coffins, like as if the ETs were punishing me by putting me in a black coffin and closing the door. And so then that made, gave me a fear of tight spaces. And once I looked at it using the green spiral staircase, it went away. 
Hmm. Uh, and now I tested this out because um, I don't know if you've heard of this uh, float pod thing where you are in a pod, uh, like a depriv- deprivation chamber, but basically yeah. it has uh, magnesium water or Epsom salts. I think that's the same thing. Yeah. And you float, right? Yeah. So when I first started using it, I could not close the door. And um, so I'd put, you know, a little foam roll in between the door and the the bottom of the door and the top of the door. Mm-hmm. And now I can close the door all the way. So I know I've made progress with my claustrophobia. Another thing is sometimes when I have earplugs on, I will actually feel like I can't breathe, <laughs> which I think is irrational and strange. But I fa- found out by using the green star- spiral staircase that the reason I feel like I can't breathe is because when I my ears are plugged, I've been underwater. And so... <laughs> So I don't know if that happened when I was abducted or if that's something that the ETs made me do, be underwater. But so that's why I feel like I can't breathe. So what I started doing is working with the green spiral staircase and looking at that. Um, Another person um, who interviewed me from WCET, I hope that you don't mind. Um, He uh, said he used it to find out why he was anxious and he saw like a beautiful green um, like meadow and he felt peace and then he could sleep. So I think these are important things if you're not abducted, but you want to try some of these things to make you feel better. um, I think it's important. Uh, What's in your mind? What's your mind keeping you from doing and can you alleviate it? Yeah, it definitely seems like a good tool that could apply really to anyone, especially right now with all the stressful times. Everyone's so anxious. You don't know what's going to happen the next day or the next week. Exactly. And And what um, if you could just alleviate those horrible, oppressive feelings of fear and depression and anxiety? Right. And, you know, I, among millions of other people across the world, we struggle with mental health and anxiety and it would definitely be helpful to have a tool to try to leave some of that. Yeah, exactly. So I think those are two important things. Um, Let me, oh, one thing I think is really important. This um, is what I started doing. And I'm just one of those weird people, but I started writing everything down. I kept a notebook by my bed. And even when I woke up in the middle of the night with some crazy dream, I would write it all down, anything I could remember. And this is really, really helpful. And really is important to do because you you think you can remember it but you won't and so right. i've learned the hard way i will never remember this so i get up write things down and um then i go back later using the green spiral staircase and the brown x and you know remove the negativity that i see behind my dreams and so the only way to be kind of methodical about it and to you know, make connections and figure out part of the puzzle is to be able to write things down and then find out what you need to behind your mind and then piece it together little by little. It takes some time. But if you're um, really want to know what's really going on and, and stopping it using the brown X, it's worth it. Well, it definitely seems worth it if it can, you know, help you with this crippling anxiety or any issue really that's keeping you from reaching your goals you know there's always that fear and anxiety behind things that's going to hold you back in some way 
Exactly. And if you feel despair, I mean, it could be the ETs. I mean, they could be, you know, using your whatever they know about you to feel this despair and depression or like you can't go forward because you're too tired. And, you know, what if um, what if you could change that? Um, I mean, I feel like everybody would want to change that if this is something they relate to. Yeah, exactly. One time and this is in my book, too. Um, I was suddenly, you know, a, a thought popped into my mind and, you know, with all the pictures and the people talking and all that, you know, you don't know, really know where these things come from. But one of the things that happened was a uh, thought popped in my mind that, you know, this other person, I'm, you know, I've been married a long time. Uh, another person was really interested in my husband and, uh, you know, she you know, and so these feelings of, you know, anxiety and jealousy and, you know, they just popped up and mm-hmm. they were really strong. And um, I just thought to myself, you know what? I'm not afraid of losing him. And as soon as I said that, it was like this. It went away. So it made me wonder, where are these thoughts coming from? Are they coming from me? I mean, so that brought up a lot of negative emotion. And so that's really what I think the ETs are interested in, is our negative emotions. Are we worried about something? Are we um, afraid of losing our husband, you know, to another person or, you know, another woman? And as soon as you say, I am not afraid of that, the thought goes away and you feel better. So uh, when those thoughts come to you, you know, fight back. (laughs) You know, they talk about the... um, the critical parent voice. What mm-hmm. if they're, it's not critical parent? What if it's some entity wanting you to feel bad or horrible or in despair or depression so that they can feel, I don't know, maybe they can suck on it, you know? Maybe they're yeah. get to suck on the energy. What if that? What if that's happening? And you I'm, just say, I'm not afraid. I mean, that very well could be. I know not just with ETs, but also in the paranormal field, they oft, you know, they say that entities feed off energy, no matter what the energy is. You know, you could be using electronic devices and they just drain the batteries when it's brand new batteries or, you know, feed off your energy. They can tell when you're feeling fear and then they'll provoke that fear and just feed off of it, especially if it's like an evil entity. So, right. I mean, I don't see why if they're an advanced ET society they could probably do the same and be interested in this energy yeah it's it's not out of the question i don't believe i agree and so you know um i think that we're in a lot more control than we think we are and uh, we just have to think a little bit differently you know instead of uh, letting our brain beat us up you know saying oh you're never gonna make it or you know i actually have that in my book you know thing you'll never figure this out you're not smart enough you know that kind of thing Um, But if you say, oh, wait a minute, I think I am smart enough and I have tools or I have people that I know that are smarter than me that can help me or whatever. But, you know, just take that away from them and uh, feel better. Take back your power. I mean, it it sounds like a great plan to anybody that's struggling right now. And especially if they're feel like they're being abducted and they're looking for some help and answers a way to fight back. I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. Now, do you feel like if you get to the point to where you can 
remove all of this fear and anxiety, do you believe that that's when suddenly the ETs will no longer be interested and you can stop these abductions? I believe so. I mean, I I think that their whole thing is fear and control. I mean, I think fear controls people. I mean, look at uh, COVID, for instance. You right. know, they start they whipped up the fear and then everybody started hoarding food and there was great fear. And, you know, I really wonder, you know, if that's not part of their plan, too. You know, we're, we're going to control these people. We have them all fearful. We control their mind, you know. Um, so, yes, I, I do believe that that is possible. Now, the only problem is, is that I've been going now. I published my book in February of 2020. And now it's uh, 2021 of February. And oh my gosh, so many things have changed. I mean, that's one of the things is that when you start using these tools, what happens is you start changing like your paradigm. So you start going in another direction. And then some of the directions that I've seen are just blow my mind, actually. Um but things change. And so you just, I don't know, it feels like there's an onion and I'm pe- I peel back one layer and then I peel back another layer. And some of the things that are happening now are just so unusual that um, I don't even know where I'm going now, but I'm just, things have really changed. So uh, I hope that they leave me alone and uh, I can get down to the bottom of this, but who knows, I might've opened another can of worms and there's even more layers. Uh, behind it now is this book your first book that you've ever written yes it is okay so are you planning on maybe doing a follow-up book if you see more changes happening or okay yeah i was i wasn't sure if maybe you were an author before and then you wrote a book or um or if you were planning on writing more about this topic yeah i think so i mean i i vacillate between it because um you know it's, you know, being a kind of an introvert and, you know, it's a lot of attention for someone, you know, like me. Yeah. But um, I think so because um, it just seems like I can't, you know, all of these different changes are just need to be told. But at the same time, I'm not sure uh, because at my, with my first, or with this book, my there felt felt like there was a definite end date where I could stop, um, you know, doing my experiments and uh, write the book and, you know, have an end. Um, but now it's just it seems like it's ongoing and changing all the time. And so I don't know when that will be. Uh, I hope so, but I'm not sure. Well, I will try to stay in contact with you for sure and just keep me posted. If you have another book come out and you want to talk about it, just get in touch with me. Okay, will do. I definitely will do that. Yeah. Well, I've really appreciated your time and thanks for taking the time out to talk to me. I I, was, I love to hear your story and it's, it's a different perspective that I haven't heard before of alien abductees, of somebody being abducted frequently and trying to learn how to fight back. It's just, it's definitely an interesting story. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no problem. Now, is before I let you go, is there any last words of wisdom or anything you want to tell our listeners? I would just say um, get mad um, and don't, um, don't let them get you down. Don't let them make you feel bad. Just uh, fight back. 
uh, utilize my book. And I mean, you can just buy the two Stuart, Stuart Swerdlow books and create your own path, or you can follow my path and then experiment because the thing is, is that whatever's happening to me may not be happening to you, and that's okay. <laughs> it's just we're all individuals, and uh, we they all utilize us in different ways. So don't be afraid to um, experiment and try different things and um, go wherever your path seems to go. Well, all right. That, I guess that'll do it for our conversation. I want to thank you again. Thank you so much for taking the time out. and. Stay in touch. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, I, uh, I'm i glad for all of the paran- people who are having paranormal experiences that have enough um, guts to get on a podcast. I mean, it's amazing how many podcasts there are in paranormal. And um, it's really awesome to be able to tell your story and be able to do it in a safe environment where no one's going to make fun of you and they're just going to listen and have an open mind. So thank you for that. Oh yeah. I mean, that was my goal from the beginning of this show, you know, cause like we talked about people often just kind of tuck their experiences away from fear of being judged or they feel like they're alone. So that was my goal with this show is just to kind of open, open the field up and just let people tell me their stories. So thanks again for reaching out to me. Thank you. All right, Lisa, take care. Thanks everybody. Okay. Bye-bye. And that's going to be a wrap on episode 17. I really hope you guys enjoyed this conversation with Lisa O'Hara. And I have left all of her information and contact info down in the show notes. And you will also find links to not only her book, Abducted and Furious, but you can also find the other books that she mentioned during our conversation. And I will also leave other resources that I mentioned during our conversation if this topic further interests you. And if you have a similar experience that you would like to talk about on the show or any other type of paranormal or strange experience, again, look down in the show notes and I will have all the info that you need to submit your story to this podcast. I want to thank you all for making it to the end of this episode. I know it was a long conversation, but I hope it was beneficial to you in some way and that you guys can take something away from it. But anyways... You guys having a good night and take care. See you guys next Saturday at 9 p.m.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.